Welcome to the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. My mission is to help engineers develop their soft skills and break through the barriers of social anxiety to show up more boldly at work, create awesome friendships, improve their dating and relationships, and build lives that they love. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. My name is Dylan. I'm so glad you're with me today because we are talking about a very important topic, which is how to stop people-pleasing. And think into your own life. Is this something that you do? Do you feel like you're constantly trying to get other people to like you? Do you feel like you need to change the way that you act, dress, speak, or express yourself in order to make sure that people don't disapprove of you? Do you feel that you lack a strong sense of self and the ability to make strong decisions because you're always looking to others in terms of how they are going to judge it or just looking to others to make the decisions for you? Well, in this podcast, I want to talk about exactly that. So this is often called nice guy syndrome, and it can be a thing for the ladies as well in terms of just being overly nice. And when I talk about this stuff, I'm going to be drawing from one of my favorite books, which is called Not Nice. And this is from a mentor and coach of mine and a dear friend, Dr. Aziz Gazapura. Um, his book, Not Nice, is going to be the inspiration for a lot of what I'm going to be talking about here. And if you want to learn more about that, the book is awesome. So I would recommend going out and checking out the book reading it for yourself, um, or listening to it on Audible, which is also awesome. So why is the book called Not Nice? Isn't it a good thing to be nice? And so Ziz talks about this. He says, imagine that you are at, you're going to a dinner party, and you're going there with a friend. You're kind of friends of friends with the people. So as you're going, your friend is preparing you for the dinner party, and they say, hey, tonight, could you make sure that you act nice at this party? What do you think of when, when the friend asks you that? How would you act if somebody asked you to act nice? Would you be speaking your mind and be fun and outgoing and fully express yourself? Or would you mute yourself? Would you avoid full expression? Would you be kind of boring and make sure to avoid potentially taboo topics? So while I think most of us would call being nice a good thing, I want you to change your perception of that word and concept. Instead of thinking about being nice, what if you were to be more you? One phrase that I really resonated from the book was, what if you stop trying to be liked and instead try to just be seen? Try to just fully express yourself and have other people see all of you. Because when we're trying so hard to fit into what we think the other person will like and respect, we lose what makes us uniquely ourself. And we don't act free and liberated. Instead, we're stilted and boring and fake. We put on these masks. I think there's a distinction, too, to be made around nice versus good. Being a nice person and being a good person are two different things. You can be a good person and still stand up for yourself. You can be a good person and still tell someone that you don't like something. You can be a good person and still express controversial opinions. I think nice does not encompass many of those things. Being a nice person, you know, when I say, oh, such and such, well, he, he's nice. 
that is not a person who's just stepping up and boldly being fully 100% them. And I've been totally guilty of this. When I think of most of my life, I have really just tried to get others to like me. I wouldn't speak up when I disagreed with someone. I hated the idea of rejection, so I would never approach a woman. I wouldn't speak up in class because I was afraid of people thinking I was dumb. I didn't speak up at work for the longest time because, again, I was just afraid of being criticized or rejected or people thinking I wasn't smart. I had a hard time vouching for myself, and I was boring. I would say that people would describe me as nice. I never said anything mean or bad to anyone ever, and you know, I, I still often am not saying bad or mean things, but now I'm much more free and expressive. And at the time, I would say that no one was like, man, Dylan, he's so awesome. But they would describe me as, oh, yeah, he's nice. So I didn't have a lot of amazing friendships. I, In my friendships, I wasn't fully myself a lot of the time. I was questioning myself or doubting what I was saying, and I was kind of boring. I avoided saying things that people potentially might not like, and I was really insecure about a lot of things. I had some friendships where I would kind of be the butt of a lot of jokes, and I, I wouldn't really stand up for myself. I would just kind of let that happen. And those jokes made me feel uncomfortable a lot of the time. I wouldn't speak up and defend myself. I also didn't play along with the joke a lot of the time. I just sort of sat there and took it, all while feeling annoyed inside. So when the book Not Nice came out, I found this to be really revelatory for me in my own life. And I took away a lot of the lessons, and I want to talk about some of those here. So the first one that I want to talk about is your Bill of Rights. So often we don't think of what we have a right to do, what we're allowed to do. We think of all these shoulds. Oh, I should, you know, avoid saying things that other people will will be upset by. I should follow this thing because my parents will be impressed if I if I follow this career track, but this other one that I want to do, they won't like that, so I should just follow the one that that is impressive to them. I should just stay small and quiet here. I should always be on time to work and always be on task and always be productive, and I'm going to be upset with myself if I'm not. And you could make these this list of shoulds, and that's an exercise of disease has us do in the book. And what are your rights? What is your bill of rights? Because these shoulds are often constricting and not necessarily things that we need to be doing. So a bill of rights might look like, I have the right to choose whatever career I want to be doing. I have the right to speak my, my thoughts and opinions boldly and freely. I have the right to tell my parents when I disagree with them forcing me into a particular thing they want me to do. You have all these rights. You have an ability to, to do what you want, and yet we often don't own that. Another exercise that I found to be extremely valuable was thinking of the people that we feel that we have to please. So this is about how to stop people-pleasing. Who are the people that you feel you need to please? Who are the people you want their approval? And writing out specifically, I don't need such and such approval. 
I don't need my mom's approval. I don't need my dad's approval. I don't need my friend's approval. I don't need my boss's approval. I don't need the approval of my coworkers. I don't need the approval of my girlfriend or of women in general or, you know, if you're if you're a lady, men in general. And if you're a man, men in general and vice versa. And writing out specific names that that you find often wanting their approval. And this does not mean you're going to do things that make them think you're a total buffoon. This just means that you can be you because you don't need their approval. You will likely still get it, but in feeling that you have the ability to do things that might risk it, you're allowing yourself to be you rather than being a version of yourself that you think will most be likely to get their approval. The next is boundaries. So often we can let people walk all over us. We can let people trample on our rights or we don't have a strong sense of what other people should be allowed to do with us because we haven't set boundaries. So an example of a boundaryless interaction is a coworker comes over to you and says, hey, could you take this task for me? Um, you know, take on this thing, do it. Um, I need it done by Friday. And without boundaries, you might just totally accept that and say, I'm going to do it. Even if you're mad about it, even if you feel that was totally unfair, even if you feel that person should be doing their own work or maybe it should be delegated elsewhere. When you have boundaries, you have the ability to speak up and not, not in a mean way, but just in an effective way, say, hey, hey, Bill, you know, I noticed you, you threw this on me all of a sudden. And to be honest with you, I, I don't have much free time between now and Friday. Um, could we look at having somebody else do it or having it done in a few weeks? <clears throat> and showing up in this way because we've given ourselves these boundaries is a much more powerful and effective way to be coming from. The next is to be more selfish. And this can feel not right to some people. Selfish has such a bad connotation. And this is not talking about rude, unhealthy selfishness where you're just taking and taking and taking and never contributing or giving anything back to others and you're, you're entirely consumed with what you need and nobody else. Instead, this is saying, I'm going to have a healthy selfishness. I'm going to put myself first so that I can help others due to the fact that I've put on my own oxygen mask first. There's that analogy, right, where you, in an airplane, you don't help other people with their oxygen masks. First, you, you put your own on first, and then you're able to help others because you've taken care of yourself. So having a healthy selfishness where we're saying, I'm going to look out for myself while still honoring the, the needs of others, if I can, after, after I've taken care of myself. And that can feel horrible to some of us because we can feel, no, I have to take care of my mom. She needs me. I, ha I have a friend who feels that he always needs to be there for his mom. And I want to be there for my mom too. And yet there's this feeling like, oh, I, I could never move cities. I could never, um, you know, every time she, she feels sick or has any any needs that need to be met, I need to be there for her. And I 
I want to love and respect and honor that that drive to be so helpful and to be a great son. And yet healthy selfishness would say, okay, on this particular weekend, I, I'm not so sure I can make it. Do you absolutely need me there or is there anything we can do? I love you. I want to be there for you. And yet this at this time, I don't know that it makes sense for me to be there. So again, just considering yourself in an equation. It doesn't mean always selfishly choosing you. It just means having a healthy selfishness. The next thing is discomfort tolerance. So when it comes to a lot of this stuff, it can be scary. It can raise a lot of emotions or anxiety or nervousness. And it doesn't feel good to dive into those things. What's what's our pattern, what's felt good in the past is to just stay small, to do what we're told, to be nice, to to stop trying to like step up and potentially have people disapprove of you. That is the comfortable route that but instead we want to build a discomfort tolerance. So we want to build some tolerance for pain. It's like a muscle and we want to think of this like a gym. One great exercise the disease recommends that I've been doing for over a year now is cold showers. And this is not the same as going into an emotional pain or going into stepping up and having our voice be heard and you know the, the emotions associated, the, the tension, the anxiety associated with speaking up. And yet building that muscle of oh, this thing's going to be uncomfortable, well, I'm going to do it. Building that muscle is so, so powerful. And Aziz, one thing that helped me in this book, he talked about how discomfort is a lot of the behaviors that we want to be doing are just we're not doing them because they are uncomfortable. For instance, you can even think of just health and fitness. So exercising, that's uncomfortable. For most of us, for most exercises, eating healthy, that can be uncomfortable. Okay, developing the muscle of I'm going to sit with that discomfort. Whatever comes up for me, I can go into that feeling. I can, I can feel it. I can take it. I got this because I have a high tolerance for discomfort is extremely awesome and powerful. And just building that muscle continually. Cold showers are something that you can do daily and through interactions with other people, you can build the muscle of, I'm going to have uncomfortable situations. I'm going to do uncomfortable things. And finally, the last point I want to discuss is being 100% you. So listing out, what would you look like if you were being 100% you? If you were fully expressing yourself, what would that be like? What would you show up like? How would you act? What would your body language be like? What type of things would you be saying? What are you currently holding back? that if you were 100% you, you'd be doing. Getting really clear on this. And then once we're clear on it, regardless of how we feel in a particular moment, we can say, okay, how, what is the 100% version of me? What would that version of me be doing? And then go do it. Do it again and again and again. And then before long, you don't have to think about it. You're just acting in accordance with what you feel. You're, you're moving from intuition. You're much more natural and free-flowing and, and more fun to be around and more 
magnetic and more energetic and more interesting and more captivating because you are being 100% you and to other people that is a very attractive force and that that's something I know that I want to be around I want to be around people who are just 100% freely expressing who they are and what they feel and what their interests are and what their desires are and what their disagreements are everything like that so not nice where are you being nice in your life and where can you instead replace that with being bold and authentic, speaking up, saying no, asking boldly, and stop staying silent, stop people-pleasing, stop feeling guilty. Be unapologetically yourself. That is the final tagline of Aziz's book, Not Nice. I love it. I love going into this stuff. Not Nice is a fantastic book if you feel inclined. Check it out. Give the book a read. That one really helped me. And reading it is one thing. Taking the information and applying it, putting it into action is another huge one. With that in mind, what is an action step that you can take today? What is an action step that you can take from this episode? Really ponder that and then just pick one and do it. So you can write out your bill of rights. You can write out your shoulds. You can think about boundaries and start installing boundaries into your life. You can start with some cold showers to build that discomfort tolerance. You can write out what would 100% me look like? What would, that, what would that be like in the world? And then start doing it. Action, action, action. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. You're awesome. Go out there and rock it. Stop being nice. Stop people pleasing and be more 100% you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. If you're interested in more, you can go to engineersoftskills.com to check out more videos, podcasts, articles, and to download a free PDF called The Ultimate Guide to Soft Skills. This is a 25-page ebook covering the best of what I've learned on how to level up your soft skills to improve your social life, dating life, and career. Again, thank you for listening.